When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. Movie lovers, and welcome to the show. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John DeGorio, and I just want to sit, talk about something real quick, and that is Audible. What is Audible? I'm so glad that you guys asked. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audio books, ranging from bestsellers like Anne Rice, Stephen King. The list just goes on. Their whole entire catalog, when it comes down to audio books, is just fantastic. If you're on on the road and everything, and you want an audio book and you want to download it fast, go ahead, go to Audible. You're not going to regret it. They actually have a trial right now that you guys can actually jump on. You can actually go on ahead, go to the link, and it'll bring you up to that trial. And a matter of fact, every month, members actually get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection, and access to Daily News Digest from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs. Another thing, too, guys, that's not all they have. They also have... They also have finish. If you actually want to go ahead and do some things to actually better yourself for 2021, they have stuff for that too, like finishing more books or becoming a better parent, leader, or a person. How to books, which is something that everybody seems to grab onto a lot lately, and everything else. So if you guys are actually looking for something to maybe better yourself for 2021, go on ahead, check out those books as well. They have a big catalog. You guys won't regret it. Go ahead, click on the link below in the description notes. Go on ahead. You guys won't regret it. Sign up for that trial period. And always, until next time, stay safe, guys, and enjoy the show. And God bless. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. Tonight, I actually have my good friend, Charlie Woodman, and my other good friend, Frenchie, from Schmoes of the North. Say hello to everybody, guys. Hello. Bonjour. And we're actually going to be doing... Our best movies of 1996, a year in review. This is movies that came out in 1996. And this is going to be our top 10 list. We're actually breaking this up into two parts. One is going to be our best movie list, and the other one's going to be our worst movie list. Another thing, too, is uh, I actually had to ban someone in the chat and everything last night for my Wonder Woman 1984 review. So please be respectful towards me, towards my guests. And also with the other members inside the group chat and everything. So I don't have to drop the ban hammer. So, with further ado, let's go ahead and get on with our list. So, I'm going to let you go on ahead and go first, Charlie, and then after that, I'll do mine. And Just I read React. <laughs> okay. Um, number 10 on the list, I had The Glimmer Man. Um, Steven Seagal and um, Keenan Irene Waynes. I thought it was an entertaining action flick, and if you don't see me, I watch it. Um, number nine, I had Executive Decision starring Kurt Russell and uh, Steven Seagal for about 15 minutes. Spoiler alert. Uh, number eight, this movie was on in the 90s when I was a kid. Um, Harriet the Spy. Oh, what we're going to do is we'll go on. Oh, we'll go, no, 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 it's okay. Uh, with number 10, uh, go, go in and tell me why you liked uh, that movie for your number 10, and after that, I'll go into my number 10. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, I had the glimmer. I had the glimmer man. Um, I. It's just one of those cheesy action movies. I just when it comes on TV, I just like. I just. It's just. It was. 
hard to find something from 1986 that I actually liked for number 10. So I just put that one on there because it had it had good action stuff. It had fourth comedy. And it just um just watching the latest Joe Blow video of um what the WTF happened to Steven Seagal just made that the history for that made that funnier. Okay. Uh for my number ten, I actually have Broken Arrow, which is actually <laughs> an action movie with John Travolta. And also Christian Slater. What I love about this movie is the fact that we actually get to see John DeVolta play a villain. Because we were so used to seeing him play a hero for a long time. And now he's actually playing this government uh, villain who's trying to take down these uh, other government agencies and everything else. And that's what I loved about it was the fact that, yeah, it's cheesy and everything. Yes, it's actually one of those action movies that might be kind of repetitive, especially when you're dealing with a 1996 kind of view or 1995 kind of view. But John DeVolta just adds a certain flavor to a villain that I really like. And Christian Slater is actually one of my other favorite actors. When we look at the two of them, they're totally different in their acting abilities. And that's why I actually think that this film actually works. One person brings one kind of flavor to the other uh, character, and the other person brings another source of flavor to the other. But what do you guys think? Well, uh, for me, like, I've never heard of Little Man, by the way. I had to check it on uh, on Google, and it looks cheesy as fuck. And back in the day, I would have went like, nah, that's not for me. I'm starting to get older and just, you know, smoking too much weed, so I like cheesy things just either to piss off my girlfriend or just to have a laugh, right? Uh, and I'm probably going to check that one out. Broken Arrow uh, scarred me in a way that was probably good. Uh, I was too young to watch that movie, and my parents did not know it's rated R. Uh, we had to, my mom stopped the movie halfway because it was way too gory for me, but I actually found a way to uh, sneak back when they were sleeping, actually put it back on and finish the movie. So as <laughs> I was too young, but I, 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 I loved it. I, I really, really adored that movie. I haven't seen it in a couple of years, but it's definitely something that marked me. Broken Air is a great movie, and it's the less, less gory John Woo movie that he's did since his past. I mean, Hard Boiled is just a violent movie, yeah. but it's great. But, but the best thing, uh, Broken Arrow is great. John Travolta, I mean, as a villain, is awesome. But I can't forget the, the, the short-lived career of Howie Long as the villain. And the, 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 the Howie Long Wilhelm scream after him getting kicked from the train. So, yeah, that's one that's Thing I had to say that actually works out pretty well. Um, another thing, too, what another thing I want to know is what's your number nine? I know that you mentioned something, okay? Yeah, uh, my number nine, I had uh, executive decision with Kurt Russell. Okay, tell me why that was your number nine. It's just a, it's one of those inter- like it's, I haven't seen in a long time. It's just again, I tried to find something that I, that I remember seeing in 1996 that I enjoyed. And it deserved to be on my list. Um, and then it had briefly had Steven Seagal in it for like 15 minutes. Um. Mm. Okay. So, it, again, the decision was nine. I just wanted to find something that was entertaining and. Well, has he was the for like 15 minutes. Okay. 
So my number nine is actually a movie that I really like, and that is Celtic Pride with Daniel Stern and Dan okay. And I like this film. And, and a matter of fact, Frenchie, I actually just mentioned Celtic Pride as being on my number nine, which has Daniel Stern and also Ackroyd, their fans of the Boston Celtics. And what movie? What they do is Celtic Pride. God, these guys are naming naming movies I've never heard. <laughs> yeah, this movie came out in nineteen ninety six. This movie stars Daniel Stern and also it starred um, Dan Aykroyd. Basically, they're kidnapping Marlon Wayne so that way they can uh, go to the champion. So that way they can win the championships, and then they hold them hostage the whole entire time. They try to make them miss uh, practice. They make them miss everything just so that they can. Uh, just so that they can go on ahead and kidnap them. I've never heard so, of that movie, so it's like I've never seen it. It's really underrated. It's funny as anything. Uh, there's a couple of liners that I like about it where he says, where Daniel Stern is smack talking the other fans, and he goes, and, Well, as a matter of fact, he's actually uh, smack talking Lewis Scott, which is actually Marlon Wayne's character. He says, hey, Reebok called. They're taking away your sponsorship because you suck so bad. And there's just a bunch of smack talking through the whole entire movie. This movie, of course, takes place in Boston. And also, too, we're just diehard fans of basketball and baseball and all that stuff. So it just adds that little flavor to it where you actually can tell this is actually a Boston, Massachusetts movie. Nice. And, everything. and it, it, it's really good. It's a good little comedy that I really enjoy. Okay, my number like my number eight movie was uh, Harriet the Spy. What movie is that? Harriet the Spy. Oh, okay. Hey, I remember seeing that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah. Go on. It was, I just thought it was one of those numbers I remember as a kid in the 90s growing up. I was, uh, when that came out, I did, I saw that like years later. So it was like one of those entertainment, and it had one of the the, the, the old original VHS with an orange orange colored VHS tape. You knew it was definitely Nickelodeon. <laughs> right, this was actually one of the first Nickelodeon films that came out. Yeah, this is our first ever movie. I remember going to movie theaters to see this movie. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. and I ended up liking it. I ended up being surprised by Harry the Spy. I mean, I yeah. thought it was really good. I thought the time, the Rosie O'Donnell did a very good job in playing this role where she's actually a nanny trying to take care of Harriet at the same yeah. time that her father is actually not around. And mm-hmm. Harriet is going around observing people, making assumptions about people. And she thinks yeah. that she's actually a spy, but instead she's basically just an actual inquirer or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just thinking what she, what's on her mind. Again, it's one of those friendly, kind of PG Nickelodeon movies that have no, no, no effect. Stuff like that. One of the tears. Right. Let's see. For me, I actually have this one written down. Let me see. Let's see. 
another one that I have on my list is actually Happy Gilmore, which is my number eight with Adam Sandler. Yeah, it's a great movie. Hold on one second. Ashley Martin, one of my friends, she goes, oh man, that was one of my jams back in the day. Which one was it, Ashley? Was it Harry's the Spy or was it uh, something Drive. else? Tell me in the comments. Was it Celtic Pride? I don't know. I was just speculating. <laughs> okay. Um, so, anyways, another thing I liked uh, about Happy Gilmore was the fact, yeah, I liked Billy Madison, but when he came <laughs> out with Happy Gilmore, my favorites, they, they had a lot of my favorite scenes in there. Okay. Ashley said Harriet the Spy was one of her favorites. Cool. But... <laughs> You know, what I liked about Happy Gilmore was the fact that it was something different where, you know, I'm not a big golf fan. I don't like golf or anything like that. But Adam Sandler making fun of other golfers. And then he has, uh, what's what's the guy's name that always says it's all in the hips, the teacher? Oh, that's, he was an SNL guy, I think. He right. was, he's been in a lot of, he's, an, oh, he's a very close friend of, uh, Adam Sandler, um, I cannot think of his name. Well, I'm just trying to think of his uh, character name. But um, I like his comedian timing between the two of them, especially whenever he goes, thanks for dressing up. He goes, if I had to go with, oh, thank you. Thank you, Ashley. It's Chubbs. Okay. Oh, yeah. Chubbs, that's right. Yep. Carl and, Weathers. Yep. And my favorite thing that he says is, he goes, look, if I have to go ahead and wear these pants, I would have to shoot my own self. And <laughs> yep. So I like that part. I like the shooter McGavin uh, lingo between the two of them. I'll make, yeah. I, I eat shit for breakfast. Let's go down to the bay. We'll make things out of clay. I just made that. That scene was really funny. And then the oh, Bob Worker. <laughs> yeah. The Bob Barker sequence and being beat up by Bob Barker on TV. I mean, <laughs> and Ben Stiller's appearance. Yeah, Ben Stiller's appearance still makes me laugh because something that you don't notice, right? No. And apparently, he like he shows up in another one of those Adam Sandler movies that just came out. Yeah, he shows up in Who Be Halloween, which is not that yeah. great film. But I think he shows up as the character from. Yeah, Billy uh, Happy Gilmore. Yeah, he does. As a matter of fact, that was like a shared universe kind of thing that they did with that film. Yeah, but you know, there nothing beats Billy Madison to me, and uh, not Billy Madison, but Happy Gilmore. And yeah. I also liked uh, another a couple of other things too, and Happy Gil uh, Happy Gilmore as well. You especially with Ben Stiller goes, oh, does anybody else's hands hurt? And he's just looking at Billy. Um, you know, Happy's grandmother and everything. Yeah. Look, grandma, either you shut up or I'll put you out. Put you out. So <laughs> You will go to sleep or I'll put you to sleep. You're in my world now. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that, I thought the comedic timing with everybody was really good. It's a simplistic yeah. plot. It's actually really good and very drawn out. The yeah. jokes are not repetitive or anything like that. Especially when you look at Billy Madison where some of the jokes are Pretty much repetitive, mm -hmm. yeah. especially when you look at the Doyles. 
for a Doyle the rules. Doyle rules. <laughs> yeah, because that to me that's kind of like a repetitive thing to the point where yeah, yeah I was having a few minutes and then it gets kind of repetitive with that. But with this, it, there was not really that many repetitive things that actually happened. I also liked it too when Adam Sandler's girlfriend was a, is trying to break up with him, and he's on the speaker box. He goes, mm-hmm. "Good, get out." I'm just kidding, baby. I I really want to be with you. You and know, the I Asian like... lady comes <laughs> yeah, the little old Asian lady comes in and everything. But yeah, I thought it was really good. What what's what's and your number girl... eight? Oh, um, my number eight. Yeah, it was like we. I was Harriet the Spy. That was number right, number eight. Okay, so your number yeah. seven. Okay, my number seven. I had this had this higher on your on my list. Uh, Broken Arrow. It was definitely okay. number seven for me. Again, it was this this typical John Woo movie. I'm a huge John Woo fan. Um, it's just the action. It's the uh, the one-liners by uh, John Travolta as the villain. He's just carefree, telling people like, "Do not shoot at the nuclear like weapons." And it's uh, and Hallie Long's one good appearance <laughs> into acting. I mean, it's just yeah. To be honest with you, I was ex- actually expecting doves in this movie because you know he's all about birds. John Woo is, yeah. So yeah. I was expecting uh, some type of doves or birds whenever you look at Broken Arrow. Could the doves have been at on on the pond, like when they when they when they trying to escape when they escaped the mine the mine cart was the doves there maybe, or maybe. But you know no, that's no. John Woo's flavor though is always yeah. adding in them, like uh, you know. When- as soon as doves show up, you knew bloodshed's happening. Like it's the calm before everything hits the hits the fan. <laughs> exactly. That's also why I liked uh, Face Off so much with John. Oh, Face Off. Face Off is like great. great movie. Hard Target's a great movie too with Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah, I actually had that on Blu-ray. I actually, have I don't that. have that yet. I have to. I'm probably gonna wait for 4K whenever that comes out. <laughs> All right. So my number seven is actually a Wes Craven film that came out in 1996, and that is the movie Scream, the very first oh, okay. Scream. Hold on one second, Frenchie's coming back, and cool. yep, he his he was having some technical problems and everything, so he's coming back now, and he's going to be added to the stream now. I hate my All PC. Right. I, I, if I could throw it out a <laughs> fucking window, I would. <laughs> I'm on all like all day, not a problem. On a fucking podcast, eh? No, let's go on vacation. Fucking thing. <laughs> right, that's actually how I feel about the audio. Whenever it was first acting up, like figures, <laughs> but you know, uh, we have no control over them. I feel like Christian Harloff sometimes, where I just want to pick up the chair and just throw it across the room as as far as I can. But. It, 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 I think like act, act of gods in internet go well together now. <laughs> okay, cross his fingers. But um, let's see. We talked about Happy Gilmore. Ah. And now we're on to Scream. That's actually on my number seven list. Nice. <laughs> Mine was and, Broken Arrow. <laughs> yeah, he talked about his bro- Broken Arrow. Um, but yeah, the reason why I like Scream was because it's the original movie that came from Wes Craven outside of the Nightmare on Elm Street realm. You also have Drew Barrymore in this movie who was in there for like five minutes just to get killed. Then, of course, it goes into the whole entire thing of who did it, who's the killer. You don't even mm-hmm. expect anything during that time because you're so engaged into the film that you actually get surprised by who the killer actually is. 
But once that killer is actually revealed, once you go back and rewatch it, it's very noticeable. And everything mm-hmm. to the point like, okay, why didn't I pick up on this the first go around? But then again, you're so enticed into the whole entire plot that you don't even mm-hmm. realize and pick up on a few things. So therefore, that plot's actually something that is actually a surprise. Um, I also like Matt Lillard in this movie. He does a really, really good job of playing a killer. I like with the part where Cindy tells him, I call the cops. My parents are going to kill me. <laughs> that's my one favorite. That's my favorite line in that movie. Uh, this movie is what represents us as horror fans and also what represents us as moviegoers and movie watchers as well, especially when we go into the whole entire realm of the rules of, of a horror movie and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But what do you guys think about this? I never seen off screen. I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I know I've seen the like seen the opening. That's what kind of scared me from seeing the rest of it. I've seen scary movies, so I know the whole spiel about like that. I'm like I know about the the rules to survive. I know who lives. I know who dies. Like like I know like hey uh, hey do you want a beer? Yeah like yeah sure I'll be right back. <laughs> Like yeah. I, I I've never seen it in entirety. I've seen bits and pieces, so I know the whole what happens in it, and I know the whole like the trilogy of it. My sister, and my brother, are, like are more horror fans. I'm not a huge horror fanatic. <laughs> yeah, and though it, it kind of sucks though, because the first time you watch it, it's the whole when you don't know shit. Like you don't know the storyline, you don't know what's going on, yeah. and the twists and turns. I remember. Uh, I actually watched our friends. Uh, I remember watching this movie for the first time and being amazed and actually being shocked at the end. So it's that it sucks that you know all the information and you have bits and pieces because you don't have that that trail that you would have. Uh, and that's a problem with thriller suspense, right? After a while, everyone knows what the fuck happens. Um, I have a question for you, John and Jar- uh, Charlie. Now that there's a new screen coming in, which actor would you cast to be the Drew Barrymore five five minutes that dies at the beginning? Who, who would you put in? Ooh, that's actually a good question. Yes. So we have to go. Yeah, we have to go with like a top notch actress that is very noticeable right now. Someone that is just as popular as what Drew Barrymore was back then. Marker Ruby. Margot Robbie. Yeah, I could definitely see Margot being in there. Uh, we'll see here. But I don't want her to die right away. I mean, it'd be somebody that, for me, it'd be somebody I absolutely hate. That I just want to see, I know he's going to die right off, and that'd be Kristen Stewart, honestly. I just want to just That would be fun. That, that would actually be a fan service, since she would be able to make fun of herself. That would actually be cool. Yeah. yeah. I would, to be honest with you, I would like to actually see Emma Stone be the one who uh, gets the kill at the very beginning as the first opening because I like her as an actress but there's just something about the opening scene of a screen movie that actually makes you want to see these a- actresses get killed so what about you though I, I, okay I'm between I'm between two uh, because I really want to go out of the female realm I want I want to be a guy I wanted to, to, to make fun of that going to uh, 20, uh, 2021. It would be something ridiculous that you wouldn't expect and funny at the same time. Either Kevin Hart or Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> okay. I like that. 
I know Tamika would be like, mm -mm, no. But Kevin Hart being stabbed and him screaming like a little girl would be just brilliant. I can, I can see, see it. it. I, can see it. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing Jason Momoa get, get it, though, either. But uh, I understand there's muscle people. They can die. He is what, like, the Greeks built statues of back in the right. day, you know? So you wouldn't be that easy to be killed. No, that's also another thing that makes it challenging, though, because, you know, don't forget, Ghostface is also clumsy as fuck. Mm. So He's a regular person, right? Right. So, you know, he would actually have to use pretty much all his own weight to actually wear him down to the point where he actually has to kill him. Or fuck yeah. a flamethrower. Right. <laughs> Muscle we gotta, we gotta respawn that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to see a challenge for Ghostface. That's all. <laughs> I got a gut. I got a gut feeling that they're gonna kill off Nev Campbell right in the beginning of this new one. Just, that's just something I think is gonna happen. Yeah, but then they'll go into the, like pass on the legacy, and then not Nev. When's the last time the pass on the legacy uh, tactic ever worked in cinema, especially for rebooting a franchise? Almost, if ever, depending on the idea they have. When does it work though? No, it hasn't. Like it, they tried it in the fourth one, and then they like, and then that like, then they were like, no, don't beat with the originals. <laughs> yeah, but there's there's a new one coming in, so. Yeah, that's why I said in this new one. I don't know. I mean, just the gut feeling tells me they're they're about to do that. Yeah. And they're gonna get a lot of people angry. <laughs> so Charlie, what's your number seven? Oh, um. Number like number seven or number six? Okay, it was your number six that you have? Okay, no matter if my number seven was Broken Arrow, okay. my number six, my number six one was the uh, Robert Rodriguez uh, uh, action horror flick from Jessica Bond oh. with Quentin Tarantino and George Clooney. Being a, I believe that was George Clooney's first action uh, movie role. Probably after ER, I think, during his ER tenure. It's just one of those, like, Quentin Tarantino, like, like, like Robert Rodriguez action-y flicks, because I'm, I'm a fan of his. I liked his work with the Desperado franchise. And it's just, it's just one of those action-y movies, like, with, with vampires. Um, it's just, a, just, it just was one of those entertaining ones. And, of course... It's Quentin Tarantino is starring in a, in a Robert Rodriguez movie. You know, something bad's about to happen to him. Uh, just to, to answer your question, um, he actually starred in a lot of movies before uh, ER. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah okay. like Jack's, uh, no, sorry, Upcoming Age, uh, oh. Red Surf, Return of the Killer Tomatoes. Really? What? Clean, hey, wow. I, am I in the right George Clooney? Yes, I am. Okay. <laughs> Oh, the, and I didn't know it was Louis Monet. <laughs> but, I didn't know that at the time. Like I said, I was I just knew him from ER because that would be that was when ER was in its hate. Like start off in like musty musty TV on the Thursday night lineup on NBC. I remember that with him on ER, and then um and then him being in he was very young during this movie. Yeah, I, to be honest with you, I love From Dust Till Dawn because of the fact that you don't realize it's actually a horror movie until mm -hmm. like 30 minutes into the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because at that point, they're just a bunch of, uh, basically his brother's a pervert, him 
he's just a guy on the edge who's just trying to get to Mexico to try and mm. get some merchandise from somebody and make this deal so the way they can get paid. And on the way, they run into a lot of uh, different obstacles between them actually mm. kidnapping this uh, the daughter and the father. And, and then the brother. Oh, and then finally get into bo- where the bar is, with the saloon or whatever you want to call it. And yeah. the third thing is when you see, um, what's his name, from Up in Smoke. Oh, uh, 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 Cheech Marin. Yeah, when you see Cheech going, we got titties, we got round titties, we got <laughs> we got tornado titties and everything. It's just like different types of titties that he was actually just referencing. And then all of a sudden yeah. they go into the bar. And mm-hmm. then that's when the shit really hits the fan. That's when you realize mm-hmm. this is actually a vampire movie. And yes. this whole entire saloon is actually set in the desert, which nobody can actually find you, which is actually convenient for vampires because they can actually build tunnels. They yeah. can do whatever they want with you. So I thought it was actually good. The documentary I watched was interesting about it. I think it was like full, is it full movie or something like that? I watched it on the Ulrey Network. It was an interesting documentary. Like, they were pricks. Yep. They were in like as part of their characters, but they were dicks to their staff. And it's just the, the, all the, the troubles that they had to go through just to get this movie made, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, I was like, a lot of cool stuff to understand. See, I didn't know about the troubles or anything like that. I didn't know they ran into some problems. Um, I don't uh, know. I think it's been a while since I saw it, but I'll go ahead, Benji. <laughs> uh, but can you give, do you remember an example like trouble? Okay, what, like. Did they light things on fire or they stole? No, I think what's going on. Like funding from the either funding from the studio or approval from the studio. Again, it was it was a while since I watched the documentary. Um, I could be wrong, but I think I do know that behind the scenes, it was a lot of like stuff that they had to get approved to do some some sort of funding or something. Again, I could be hundred percent wrong, but it's been a it was a couple months since I watched the documentary. All right. Uh, for me, um, I watched it once, and I remember being more confused than, than anything else. <laughs> because like you said, it was a Western. I did not know like one thing about this movie. I, I like horror, but I was just, you know, not in the mood. So when I saw it got sweet, like an action movie or something more, you know, has a bit of swag to it, cool. But then that happened, I was like, but what is going on? What is this? And I liked it, but I never revisited it because I was just, you know, it. it, it off. Yeah, it, it threw me off, and it maybe you know, maybe older or knowing more Rodriguez uh, more in the future, I would have pre- pretty much appreciated probably. But on that moment, it was not my vibe, honestly. I can understand why because you're going in there expecting one thing, and then all of a sudden yeah. the tone changes. The direction and you don't know exactly who this movie is actually for so i get i get what you're saying do you guys oh. like were you surprised and enjoying the twist when you you guys got it or i like the twist to be honest with you yeah i was thrown off but you know i wasn't expecting a robert this movie to be robert rodriguez or anything like that i just went into it just expecting a movie with two guys are just trying to hold someone hostage to try to get to mexico and then all of a sudden, it just changes out of gears, and don't even re- you don't realize what it is until 
to get to that bar. And to be honest with you, I actually like the fact I was thrown off. I'm glad I wasn't like pink by the numbers kind of movie. But at the same time, I can actually understand why people would actually say this is not probably one of their favorite Robert Rodriguez movies. And everything because of that whole entire confusion. Hmm. All right. I found the info that we were looking for about the, the behind the scenes issues. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that caused this movie to be delayed um, from the production side. The exterior set of the strip club burned down and had to be rebuilt. Uh, since And then the location that there was a lot of dust storms. So, and then the film, the film used of non-union crews that led to almost a strike. Oh. And that's what the uh, that documentary movie talks about that 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 all that sequence. And, and it's funny. I wonder if there's any other troubles he got later on in his movies because he he's pretty sex- successful. Him and Tarantino, right? So I wonder because it was just the early days and he hasn't proven himself or what the beef truly was like the behind the curtain things always amaze me right uh and there's always like little things that we don't know that we can only speculate about i would recommend checking out that documentary though it's 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 interesting like this known about like whoa um and i just read off on that same site that uh, quentin was was originally supposed to direct it Hmm. all right uh let's see here my number six is Swingers, starring, uh, we actually, we have, of course, Ben Spawn in this movie, and John Favreau's in this movie, and basically John Favreau's a struggling comedian who's trying to make it out in Hollywood. His other friends are actually, Ben Spawn is actually a uh, actor who's trying to make it out in Hollywood as well. So it's basically very Hollywood, very California-like. Um, there's a lot, and not only that, but he's also going through a bad breakup. That's, um, John Favreau's character is Vince Vaughn is like, Hey, we're going out. And he's like, no, we're not. I'm not going out. I don't want to go out. He goes, no, we're going out. We're going to Vegas. And so they go to Vegas and everything. And he's basically, Vince Vaughn is just trying to help his friend out. He's trying to get his confidence back up, especially after his girlfriend breaks up with him. And also, to just trying to help him move on from that hardship and everything. And I thought that was a really good buddy movie and everything. And also gives you a little bit behind-the-scenes stuff with Hollywood in general when it comes down to how hard it is getting certain roles because of the fact that Vince, Vince Vaughn's character goes into this one audition role and he blows it out of the park. And the director goes, yes, yes, you did fantastic. And he goes, but there's one problem. He goes, what? what? What is it? I'll change anything. That that uh, role is specifically for a 10-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, that escalated. <laughs> yeah. So the movie is really good. I recommend it. And not only that, but it also, it also has a lot of throwbacks, if you will, especially when you have to look at Sega Genesis on there. You also have another thing that's like totally improv with Vince Vaughn. Where, uh, ben, uh, where of course John Favreau's character goes, no nah, man, I'm good, I'm good, I don't need no advice. He goes, oh my little my little buddy's just all grown up, he's all grown up. Look, and he goes on ahead and he goes, he passes the plate over to the booth behind him and he goes, here, have my plate. We're celebrating. So, <laughs> it's it's a very good movie. I highly recommend it. I haven't seen um, it. So I'll, have to, check it out. <laughs> I'll have to be honest. 
I don't like this movie. You don't? I, okay. I, 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 I saw it twice. The first time I was bored. The second time I was even more bored. Uh, my girlfriend loves this movie, though. She'd be good to, to, to sit in for me and talk about a couple minutes. For me, I can feel the the drool like just slowly dripping and just like dripping on my um, I tried and just I'm not a big Vince Vaughn guy. Right. You see, I'm not either. I just like him whenever he's co-starring with other people that makes him better. Mm-hmm. If he has that right co-star, like Owen Wilson, when are they teaming up together? They do a really good job. Solo films, not so much. You, mm-hmm. They always bring this balance with each other when they're actually doing stuff together that I really like. As far as their solo stuff, their solo stuff is not as good as when they're uh, together. Yeah. Him with Ben Stiller in the watch is great. But I'll, I'll have to agree with you, though, Frenchie, too. Like, I fell asleep watching it the first go-round, second go-round, not so much. Then the third time, I gave it a try, and I wound up liking it. You're not so. convincing me. I'm not doing it third time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not. Like, I see where you're going here. Maybe we but should just no. get people that donated the show so that way they can make you watch <laughs> Should we start a poll? <laughs> you know what? We'll, we'll go back to the conversation we had on uh, the Frenchie Talks about, and my ego's going to get in the way. I'll just be in denial. I'll be like, nope. He would never okay. pay for that. Look at that work. <laughs> so, okay. So, By the know. way, uh, John, just like, you know, uh, I did a little research. We don't have to talk much about my picks, um, but I just want to mention them for my top three, if I'm like, okay? Sure. Not a problem. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> No, go on ahead. If you want to mention something, go no, ahead. No, I, I found my top threes. Okay. So when you're uh, at the... Okay. Uh, so we did my number six. So that brings you to your number five, Charlie. All right. My number five is a movie called The Phantom with Billy Zane. Oh. That was that was such a great movie. Like Billy Zane, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Um, I can't think of his name, but he plays the father of uh, Dexter. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what else did he play? And then I think Christy Swanson, too, was in it, I think. It was just one of those movies. It's just very entertaining. It was just Billy Zane. It was just like the, the uh, kind of like, I think it's like com- based off a of comic book. So it was one of those cool kind of comic book movies. It was just entertaining. Yeah, it, it, it was that weird attempt at pulp, pulp movies like uh, The Spirit and... Uh, what was The Spirit? The one with Baldwin. Oh, oh uh, The Shadow. Yeah, The, the Shadow and, and Phantom. Very pulp. Like, that that purple condom latex suit is just so cringeworthy. <laughs> but again, in a day and age, I'm getting older and I just love the, like, you can even see his package at one point, you know? <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's fun. Uh, and I wish they, they would make movies that are campy like that a bit back and make fun of the pulp. Um, yeah. it, I, I wish someone would rip off the Phantom and make a superhero movie a la Phantom. Yeah. Same. Because I think now is a great time to actually do something like the Phantom. And I even put this in, like, one of my older videos, too, uh, for YouTube. And I said that I think that it would be a great TV series if Netflix picked it up or, H- or HBO picked it up. Because I think you can do a lot with Phantom. Yeah. Mm. Or with uh, The Shadow. I think it would be great with The Shadow. Yeah. The, the, 
the shadow has no redeeming qualities though <laughs> no definitely no uh okay the one good pulp uh i think it was 1991 um the rocketeer yep i love that but movie it's so horrible i rewatch them and this it's so horrible but the childhood memories make me still want it and i have to watch it but ah uh, it's the, the visual effects the backgrounds it's it's clearly just something behind that's filmed it, it almost looks a part like a really bad 1930s movie <laughs> Oh, James Raymond. That was the name. Just part of it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, my number five is actually going to be Biodome. Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Holy> sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, we, need more, we need more of him in, the, in 2020 right now. <laughs> is he still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Polly Shore for Biodome is one of my favorites and everything too, especially when they get locked in the Biodome and they're thinking it's actually a mall and they're trying and basically they don't care about the environment or anything like that. They're doing whatever they want to do. They're just and, trying to hit on chicks. Yeah, they're trying to hit on the the chicks that's actually the lab people inside the Biodome and things like that. You actually have one of the Baldwin brothers in this movie as well. Steven. Yeah, yeah, oh, wow. yeah. So, this is actually a movie that I will actually watch every single time it comes on Direct TV <laughs> because. It's... Uh, okay, this is how and and this is speculative, but this is the only way for me I see this movie came to existence. There was a board meeting. They had a powwow. They say, "Hey, we need to do a movie for the MTV generation," and this happened. Um, as a kid, even I wasn't desperate enough <laughs> to, to actually watch this movie. Uh, I, I get like I, I get the the um, the the attraction to it, but man, is this the the humor just doesn't connect? And Polly Shore, if you can hit him with a chair, you like you would, right? He's so annoying, and there's no like there's bad actors, and then there's this guy. <laughs> Who would you rather have, Tommy Wiseau or Polly Shore? Oh, Tommy Wiseau. I, I would Tom, Tommy. Tommy Wiseau is a genius. I don't care what anyone fucking says. I've seen in in a, um in uh like interview things. I've seen him in other places. I've seen his newer movies too. And this guy has a mind like there's no one else, and he's weird, right? But Polly Shore is just dumb. <laughs> yeah. he, you know, he don't have artistic side. He just wants to like almost, you know, goof off, and that's it. I agree with you. I gotta, I gotta go Tommy Wiseau and like in a, in a, like in a heartbeat. I mean, he is just the room is one of my favorite bad movies of all time. Oh, so good. James Franco played a dead on Tommy Wiseau in the mm-hmm. He, yeah, he's he embodied like his soul got transferred. Tommy Wiseau like just put his hands, his fingers on his head and transferred his soul. What's a story, Mark? I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mark. I still remember when uh, Christian Harloff had that as a sound bite for a while when Mark was on. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. Yeah, when Mark Ellis would be on, he always had that little precaution thing. Okay, I do have a question because you actually did a like. They're both weird people, but at least Wizzle was was an artist, right? But if you have the choice between, um, you know, 
uh, what's the, the Polly Shore or uh, uh, why am I thinking Seth Green? Uh, it's not Seth Green. He ah, uh, uh, Freddie got fingered. Tom, Gr Tom, Tom Green. Yeah, Tom Green. So Polly Shore, Tom Green. Tom Green. Tom Green. Really? Okay. Okay. You see, at least Polly Shore, you can get a couple beers and. Tom Green's on crack. So. Right. He's just all over the place. He's doing his well, thing. He's the remember, he's the Chad. It's the Chad. The Chad is great. Uh, <laughs> hey, Larry. All right. So what's your number four, Charlie? All right. My number four is the, uh, I mean, it's 1996. You got to have Nicholas Cage movie on here. I got The Rock. The him, Sean Connery. I mean, oh. it's just Michael Bay, action. A young Nicolas Cage before he goes crazy. It's just this great action movie. It's got a pretty big cast too in it. I mean, it's just to have uh, uh the Kyle Reese lead the like, lead the military in this one. I mean, come on. I mean, it's just, it's just it was just a great action movie. Yeah, I have to say this is actually Michael Bay's best movie and everything too, aside from Bad Boys and everything else. When it comes yeah, down to the original yeah. work, when it comes down to his own films, away yeah. from the Transformers, away from all the mm. other things like TMNT, he really yeah. shines. He really knows what he wants to do with it. I also like Painting Game, which is also a yeah. on. Oh, that was a great movie. So I, I, I was shocked when I, I I watched a movie. Dan Murder was the, it was um, the, the the director. I was like. He could make good movies, and then I forgot. Like, I remember the rock. Like, oh yeah, he did good movies. <laughs> the Island is a great one too, with uh, Scarlett Johansson and Elon McGregor in The Island. Yeah, I like that. I thought it was entertaining. I mean, just because I like that that whole idea. Because in my biology class, we were going to be because we're doing about genetics. We were going to watch The Island, and then I was so hyped. And then we're watching Gattaca. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, the, that that's Contrary for me, Gattaca glued me. I think I've seen that movie at least 50 times. Sorry, I, I kind of cut you off, John. My bad. Uh, it's okay. Train of thought. No, 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 it's fine. Um, but yeah, I have to say, I liked uh, The Rock. I do like Michael Bay when it comes down to his originality and stuff like that. Pain and Gain is still one of my favorite movies that he's directed. And it was right outside his warehouse, though, because you're expecting explosions, twisting yeah. camera angle, the two and a half hour Super Bowl commercial that never ends. Yeah. And, you know, it was just something that was different that I wasn't expecting from him. And I'm actually happy that Pain and Gain was actually really good for what it was. I just like The Rock. And The Rock. Yeah. And yeah. it's got a lot of great action in it. Sean Connery's great. The, uh, the, the music intense and the sequence in it, too. It's just really great. Oh. <laughs> you Hold on, I'm doing something. There we go. I'm changing things up a bit. There we go. All right. There we go. So yeah, uh, I have to agree with you though. The Rock is definitely a great heist movie, blended in with some action. Yeah. As well. So that's another thing I really liked. Um, also, too, I remember the opening scene, and just the opening scene alone entices you and glues you in, though, too. Yeah. So, I can definitely see why that would actually be on your list, though, because it is really good. Yeah. Um, 
for me, for my number four, I've got Space Jam. Mm. And I love Space Jam. Space Jam's always going to be my thing because of MJ. I remember going to school, wearing an MJ jersey, uh, going for the Bulls all the time, just watching him just perform. And also, too, how much of a team effort that he actually puts in 110% every single time whenever you actually look at it, how passionate he is about the game. His acting ability is not the strongest, but they made a script that was built around him where his acting ability can actually shine a little bit. Del Murray's in this movie. We also have, of course, uh, Newman, the guy who plays Newman mm -hmm. from, uh, from Seinfeld's in it, though, too, mm -hmm. which I thought was really good. You know, I thought the comedic timing with the uh, Looney Tunes was really great. Also, too, using the green screen for that time was actually something new and fresh that we didn't get before. So it was like the green screen uh, CGI was actually the new new way of actually filming movies versus how mm -hmm. we originally do them. So then a couple of years later, we actually had The Matrix, who actually changed the way that they actually made things. But for that period, it was always the green screen. It was always trying to create new things and that's exactly what they did with the looney tunes and i still love this movie i still watch it every single time it comes on danny devito as the villain was really good the soundtrack is good i still own the soundtrack a matter of fact so i used to own it i used to own it and until my mom actually threw it out because background very religious background um and at one point, she realized in the main song of, if you think about it, it's kind of wrong too, uh, of Space Jam, they actually say, uh, bam, wham, thank you, bam, which is an expression for rape. And oh. yeah, and it's in, if you re-listen re to, the, to the Space Jam uh, title song, they do say, bam, wham, thank you, ma'am. And my mom, when she heard that, she took it and threw it out. <laughs> See, I didn't even know that was actually the lingo for rape or anything either. Yeah, it's, it's bam, wham, thank you, ma'am, you know? Yeah. Okay, I gotcha. So <laughs> <laughs> my mom is actually a religious person, though, too, which is actually she never funny. Got because... No, she never did. But again, <laughs> I, was... <laughs> which I think is actually funny, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, but basketball Jones was in. in so at least Shaq was in it. Uh, basketball Jones. Oh, the basketball Jones uh, song was actually one of my favorites from Chris Rock. Mm. And everything too, because the Chris Rock is actually singing a song about how much he loves his basketball and everything else. How he loves to sleep with it. I thought that was actually pretty funny with the soundtrack. But yeah, Space Jam is always going to be something that's actually special to me. And then also too, I remember I remember making skits up for I believe I can fly, but now I don't even listen to it because of the fact with the whole entire thing with R. Kelly. So <laughs> I don't Which even. ironic about it. Thank, thank, um, Bam One, thank you, ma'am. And then R. Kelly's uh, track two, right? So just saying, something's <laughs> off with the Space Jam soundtrack. True. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. Um, All right. So and let's go. Before we move on, I know you had a, a hard on for the, for the lady bunny. You had a hard on oh, for the lady bunny. You know what, did You saw my post. <laughs> Every kid had it. Yep. 
And then I'm like, what if they do this in live action? Who could play Lola? And I'm like, it's like it, it started the furries movement. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, I think I'll pass on that one. That's how we got cats. Yeah, okay. Oh, okay. God. oh please don't, don't. You see, nah. cats, cats give you PTSD. You see Charlie's reaction? Oh, God. It hurts I the see, brain. <laughs> Could I okay. uh, could I start my number three? Yeah, go on ahead. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, I don't. I hope it's not on your list. For me, it was the arrival. No, that's not on mine. It's not for me. You ever you ever seen it? No, I know. I saw Charlie Sheen in it, but other than that, I don't know anything else about it. <laughs> yeah, this is before I knew he was a, a raging drunk idiot, but. Uh, it, it, my mom was obsessed with this movie. My mom loved this movie, and she was anything sci-fi. And I remember the scene that you see the aliens for the first time, and like your their legs instead of like like this is the knee instead of bending like this, it would bend the other way and jump off roofs and stuff. And I was so freaked by it that it kind of like started uh, my obsession. That and Stargate uh, started my obsession with sci-fi. Uh, it's very dark. It's not well made anymore. It's so cliche, but it had such an impact. And he was actually pretty good in the movie, surprisingly. Uh, so it's very run of the mill, but it really, really stuck with me. Okay, I'm gonna have to check that one out because that's actually one that I haven't seen before. You don't have to. It sucks. It just <laughs> <laughs> if you really have an hour and a half to waste, but. <laughs> yeah. We have COVID, so yeah, I guess we have an hour right. and a half. <laughs> the vaccines are all John. Come on. That's true. I did have to deliver them. So yeah, we do have. <laughs> so, okay. So, Charlie, what's your number three? All right. My number three is Happy Gilmore. Um, I just okay, had that so up there. This is, this is one of those entertaining movies. It's one of the few Adam Sandler movies that my dad actually liked. Hmm. Um, it's just, it's just, I don't like golf. Golf is so boring. Mm-hmm. But if Adam Sandler played Happy Gilmore golf in real life, I probably would watch it. <laughs> Same. Because he's like the Howard Stern of golf, if you actually think about it. So you're wondering what he's going to do next. Yeah, it's like, you don't get... like him, but you want to know what he's going to do next. <laughs> right. Um, let's see, for my number three, I've got Independence Day down. Mm. And I love this movie. If this, do you have Independence Day at all on your list, Charlie or Frenchie? Um, I have it on a le- as my one of my least favorites. I just okay. wasn't really Ooh. okay. Right. So okay, so Sorry. we can actually go back and forth on this one though, Frenchie, if you want, yeah. like we normally do. Um, but yeah, Independence Day for me was really good. Will Smith really shined in this movie. As he always does, he's not playing himself or anything like that. You can actually believe that he's that character. It's also one of those films that's actually a disaster movie because of the fact that it's an alien-based movie, as well. And then they're trying to actually, you know, they're actually trying to stop these aliens from taking over. And what better way to do it than to put a virus in their system with a floppy disk? And of course, you also have Jeff Goldblum in this movie. Yep. That's how you know it's a disaster movie. He directs disaster movies. <laughs> right. But you know what, though? I like Jeff Goldblum in this movie because he just brings that finesse with it. 
and he makes everything so he, the way he explains things, the way he's actually plays a doctor, just like how he did with Doctor Malcolm with uh, with Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park, right? Just the way he's actually engaged in this film, and he actually explains why he has to put this virus into and upload it into the alien space thing. It actually makes you believe that, that you can actually do that with a space carrier and everything. And that's what makes it so believable. And then Phil Hartman as the president was really good and everything. And it actually has you on your toes and everything, too. You're on the edge of your seat. I thought this movie was really good for its time. And also, too, the special effects whenever they blow up the White House was fantastic. And of course, I liked it when uh, Will Smith beats up on the alien and goes, Welcome to Earth, and just pounds on him. So I thought it was good. So what about you, Frenchie? Uh, I, I fucking love it. It's my number one. Uh, one, about two words, one name Brent fucking Spinner. Data is in this movie, man. It, it took me, what, maybe three times uh, watching to fully realize I was young, right? But Data's in this movie. He's very short, but he's awesome. Kind of, kind of ruined him in the second one. Uh, but yeah, that's for another conversation another time. Um, but Jeff Goldblum, for me, I loved Will Smith. It was my... I didn't associate him to Jurassic Park. Uh, that being said, I really loved him. And I, I there's something enticing about him. Like, it, it, Today's day and age, you wouldn't see an action-led thing with a Jeff Goldblum type actor, right? Uh, it, it was such a different idea that really worked, uh, and it, it, it brought some some acting chops, some validity to, to the movie, not just an explosion type thing, right? Uh, so it, it was amazing, and I I thought the destruction, the, the the city destruction, was so well done for the time. And it still holds up in my uh, in my books and visually, mm-hmm. even more than the, the the last one. The visual effects was more believable than ID, whatever the fuck the name mm-hmm. of the second movie is. Uh, ID movie, the, Resurrection, uh, whatever. Yeah, ID. What the fuck? Uh, why the fuck did they do this movie? Right. Uh, it should be the, the subtitle, uh, but it really holds up, and it's Emmerich's probably best movie personally. I agree. Uh, let's see here. Ashley Martin says, Will Smith, what the hell is that smell? <laughs> and then Larry Lease from Cinema Gold. You guys can check him out on his podcast and everything. He said hi to us. And, yeah, I think that Independence Day was really good. I really have to say the camera angles works out really well. It is a really good directed movie. This, the flow itself is really good. And, like I said, with Jeff Goldblum, you know, you can actually – not only that, but I actually watched that Disney special that he actually did on Disney Plus, where mm. Jeff Goldblum explains. That's mm. why I'm engaged into this. I can watch him for a solid 30 minutes talking about coffee and about how coffee was made and why people love coffee, and also a de- also shoes. So, with him just talking and explaining things, I'm like, okay, Jeff, I'm believing you. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna upload a floppy disk right now up to the uh, up to space. His brain waves, like his beat in life, is so odd. Just the way he speaks, right, is so unusual that it it just drives you in. You're like hypnotized. He could be the <laughs> he could describe, you know, his apartment, just the things he bought in his apartment, and would sound fucking awesome. You know, there's it's like him in Thor um, Ragnarok. 
he was so perfect for that oddball yes. type character. And like, there's no one else than you, you. You have actors that are replaceable, and then you got actors like him that, whenever he passes away, God bless him, because we, we will never find another no. uh, Jeff Goldblum. No, definitely not. Okay, so what is your uh, your number two? Me or uh, Charlie? Okay, my number two is the Arnold Schwarzenegger action flick Eraser. Hmm. This was this okay. is this what I'm a huge I'm a huge Stallone I'm a huge Schwarzenegger fan and this was just perfect for him I mean it's like the action was fantastic in it the uh, the, the the guns that the, the specific special weapon he has and how heavy they are it is this manhandling just grabbing two of them is like just going berserk on everybody I mean it has a classic Schwarzenegger one liner your luggage. I mean, after hitting a, an alligator with luggage, calling him your luggage. I mean, it's just—it's just one of those great action movies, and it's—it's uh, and it's like you've just been erased. I mean, it's just one of those great action movies, and it's—it's it's just one. Of, I just remember anytime it's on TV, I'm watching it because it's so entertaining. Oddly enough, the poster sticks more to my head than the actual movie. The whole like him looking back with like the the gray and the the yeah. darkness. Uh, I I can't remember this movie. <laughs> you see, I remember the alligator scene. I remember the airplane scene where it goes your luggage, and then that's it. I don't remember anything else. But hold on, I think I remember the sniper rifle scene where the bullets actually go through the walls. Charlie, I'm right. The special, the special, like it's a rail gun that they just yeah. that they're they're you know, and how these fiends are heavy. And Schwarzenegger comes out after, like, he comes with the holding two of these veins, like, this walking out of this exploding building, shooting everything in sight with it. Like, I mean, it's, and then James Kahn was the bad guy in this or that. Um, and he's like, witness protection. It's just, it, um, I think it was uh, Vanessa Williams. I think it was her. I think she was, yeah, she she played the girl in it that was testifying or whatever, but just seeing him just going berserk on everybody, and then, um, like, with the two the two rail guns, like, they're, like, nothing, and, um, but yeah, it just had this, I had Schwarzenegger one-liners, um, like, him, him busting through the house, like, to save the, uh, his, this to protect his witness coming through, and his jacket says, let's party, because <laughs> he's, he, he, you know, it's just, like, just classic Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Okay, and it's funny. I like the ways guys are are describing it. It sounds like the most American movie you can get, right? <laughs> and and this is the funny part: Arnold Schwarzenegger, a freaking Austrian uh, actor, makes the most American type movies, right? Yeah. But he never learned how to hide his accents. No. Is it you know like there's some certain actors that they try? It's bad, but at least they try it. He doesn't even try. Yet it's all American type, uh, all American type movies. So it's just kind of funny to me. It's a great it movie. Is. Like it, 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 it's just something worth watching. I mean, it's not as, uh, it's definitely '90s, but it's not as campy as this Commando or like other stuff. I think this is before. This might have been before he did Terminator Two or after. I'm not 100 percent sure. I forgot when. The, like when in T2 when Terminator. Not, T2 is not I think that was like after. Like, this was after. after okay. Yeah. Okay. It yeah. was in ninety two, I think, right? This was ninety six, so I, I could, yeah. 
And this was so also after movie. True Lies, too. Oh, yeah. True Lies, great movie. Yeah, 94 was when True Lies came out, which is actually my favorite Arnie movies and everything, too. Um, so what about you, Frenchie? What, what, what do you have? I, I, I don't know. You haven't named it, so I'm, I'm guessing this is your number one. If it is, you owe me a beer. All right. Um, okay. Twister. That's my number two. So, oh, okay. Well, still buy me a beer. Okay. Put it on my tab in Canada. <laughs> hey, pal. <laughs> you get here one day. Um, uh, yeah, for me, Twister is just, it makes no sense, right? It, it's, you know, they would have never survived. You know, you, you get like, so far away from a twister, you can die, right? They're in the middle of an eye and with pitchforks and everything, and they still survive. But it is the quintessential popcorn entertainment, especially I remember seeing this like uh, with um in my high school, like it was actually you we went out to go see this as a class. Uh and it it just boggled my mind and I will I'll never forget the cow scene. The cow scene just yep. is spectacular. Yeah. Well placed, just enough humor. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mission Impossible Three. Um, the bad guy. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yes, Dusty. Um, that the like, lady, uh, yeah. The, the, the music, right? It was. Dun, 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 um, uh, what's the group? Deep Purple. Sweet yeah. Child in Time, right? Uh, the soundtrack was amazing. Uh, and the actors were believable. So for me, it's it's one of the, the, the great childhood memories at, at the same time as Independence Day. You see, I was in fifth grade when this movie came out. Mm-hmm. It was also in the summertime. I remember. You haven't? I'm not. I, 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 it's, it's on my to-do list. And I'm like, I have a huge okay. list of stuff to catch up on. Okay. Well, you know, I remember going to see this movie in Boston and everything. Mm-hmm. And I remember we missed a couple of minutes of the movie, so we snuck into another theater, part of the movie theater and everything. We got to see the whole movie. So, John, <laughs> come on, you're supposed well, to be a good guy. Hey, I was 10 I years was old. I don't know no better. Oh, oh, you did. Oh, you did. I'd stop kids from sneaking in. <laughs> Well, you didn't do a very good job. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, was, I, like, I didn't work at a movie theater until 2009, so it was way past. I know. <laughs> but, you know, I like this film. Like you mentioned, Frenchie, the cow part was actually one of my favorite parts because we got cows. <laughs> and then the whole entire plot line is cheesy, but it's also mm-hmm. funny. But the effects at that time actually worked mm-hmm. as well. It made it very yeah. believable. But another thing, too, that I really have to say that I really thought that was actually funny was the fact the whole entire plot is them trying to get this thing to where it can actually read tornado uh, tornado signs and stuff like that. And it's called Dorothy. And mm. they actually had to kept on making another Dorothy because they keep on uh, something bad would always happen to it. But like you said, it makes it believable. The characters make it believable that they're actually storm chasers trying to chase after different tornadoes and things like that. But you also have a little bit of character development at the very beginning where 
<clears throat> the character actually loses someone that was actually close to her and everything during a tornado incident and everything. And that's also what makes her want to go out and chase storms. Then you also have the soon-to-be ex-wife that and the girlfriend that the main character is actually wanting to marry. And <clears throat> he's taking her on this whole entire wild ride of chasing tornadoes and she just not having it at all. She's on her cell phone. She doesn't... She, and at that point in time, pretty much she's like, I'm done with this. I'm done. I don't want to know anything about tornadoes. <clears throat> but still, overall, great movie. It's actually one of my favorites. It only clocks in at an hour and 54 minutes, so it's not too long. Yeah. So, you don't... so to me, an hour and 54 minutes is plenty, plenty good for a runtime. And I don't think you mentioned it. The best part, The Shining. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was actually funny. Yeah. No one didn't explain that one. I'm gonna let you do that. Um, okay, but it's, it's uh, trying to have it seen it, but there's um I think it was the fine no, it was the before last tornado in the movie. Uh tornadoes are almost like villains, you know, there's like a couple of them. Uh and it, it was uh during a how do you call that? Um trailer part, uh, not trailer part. Um I know the the word in French, not in English. Uh, drive-through uh, theater, uh, okay. and they're watching the sh uh, the Shining, and the hurricane actually like destroys the panels and uh, and like flip cars, and it was it was really cool. But I didn't know what the movie was right. I only like saw like Jack Nicholson and stabbing, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? My parents would have never let me watch that movie. Uh, so I just discovered after like, oh shit, that's a Shining, right? You see, I actually saw the Shining at age nine. It, I, I'm surprised you, you haven't killed anyone, John. Like all the horror movies you watch in your youth, you should have a lot more like facial tics and just like evil things coming out of you. I want <laughs> well, to never college. <laughs> I've never met you, and I don't I haven't you know I haven't seen the, the, the around your apartment. So there might be dead bodies on the floor. Like I said, <laughs> I'll, I'll get you on my show, and you, you'll just let me know uh, certain things eventually. <laughs> right, exactly. I'll just go on ahead, open up to you like I always do and everything because you <laughs> just have that enticing thing where it's like, okay, I just gotta say this. Yeah, <laughs> so. apparently I'm apparently I'm the French Oprah, says Tomika. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm starting to, 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 to accept what she says, which I still don't get though. <laughs> <laughs> well you do have a way of letting us feel comfortable enough to where we open up. So I do appreciate that though. That's actually Ooh. something that is a rare quality. Let's not confuse Larry this time because apparently he didn't understand what we we're talking about. So we'll, we'll sure. not talk about that today because we'll probably just okay. make Larry cry. <laughs> okay. So let's go on ahead and go with our number one. So did you want to mention the honorable mentions first or just go right into number one? Uh, we can do honorable mentions uh, now if you want. Okay. I figure we should build up to the, uh, like the ones. Okay. So. Do we want to mention it and then go in to discuss it or just just list them and then go uh, from there? I, I see less of them. I think you guys have um, a, a top 10 worst one, right? Yeah. Right. That's going to be part two. So, so probably uh, uh, might as well just do, uh, uh, just do honorable mentions. Yeah. We'll just do honorable mentions. Okay. Do the honorable mentions the next one. Yeah. Okay. That works. All right. I'll, I'll read my number one then. Okay, 
So my number one movie of the year was directed by Rennie Harlan is the action uh, spy assassin movie, The Long Kiss Goodnight. Starring Gina Davis and Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, yeah. yeah, that one is just like Gina Davis played uh, Samantha, uh, Samantha, Samantha Kane. She's just normal. Like she like she has amnesia. She can't remember who she is. And then some something clicks in her and she suddenly has these abilities when it turns out she, her real name is really Charlie Baltimore. She's really an assassin for the government. Mm. This movie is just awesome. It's got it's got mm. some comedic moments. Sam Jackson is just hilarious. Dropping mother effers like crazy, like at some points in the movie. Gina Davis is just a badass in this movie, especially when she when she turns to like when she remembers Charlie Baltimore and she turns it back into her. She is just like I want to see her go up against John Wick. I mean, I think those two would like have a great like cat and mouse game. I mean, she's just like the movie's fantastic. Um, it, it's got a lot of comedy in it. The action is fantastic. And, um, yeah, it's just, that is just, anytime it's on TV, it's been on TV the last couple of months on the Epics channel. I'm turned to it. I'm watching it. It's just so good. Okay. Do you remember that one, Frenchie, or? The poster. Just the poster. Yeah. Like, I, I, I know I've seen it multiple times. It's not something that, you know, interests me uh, back in the day. Uh, and it's probably something I would, like, it, it probably is on stars or something. Uh, I, I wouldn't be opposed to, to, to watching it because I, that poster and Samuel Jackson, uh, y- you can rarely, well, yeah, yeah, you can't go wrong with Samuel Jackson, but it's still fucking Samuel Jackson. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> so I mean, it's just, it's funny with the posters, like you see him and her and you don't think you think oh he's the main guy that's the, the that's taking charge, but it's no he's taking the back seat because Gina Davis is bossing him around, and it's just um, the sequence where he like at, where you you, you 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 don't see him anymore and he wakes up in the car and he goes oh that's right you can't kill me mother effers, <laughs> I mean right before the the huge expl- the and then the explosion itself at the end. That thing is just how they filmed this in 1996. Is this hilarious? Like the CGI with the cars ca- crashing down, and the girls like, "Don't run! Like, don't hit the cars!" <laughs> and this that stern look that he gives her, like he's about to shoot her. <laughs> oh, oh Ashley, man! Let's see. Ashley said, "A 12 year old me thought the Long Kiss Goodnight was the best movie ever. First time really getting to see, really see Samuel in all his glory." <clears throat> Yeah. I mean, so I mean, and her dialogue is like hilarious. Like a lot of teams, like she's she's having the night, like the fight with the uh, uh, Craig Blico, I think his name. He's the guy that was in Scary Movie Four or whatever, or Scary Movie Three and Four. He played the love interest to Cindy Campbell or whatever. He he was the villain in it, and like this guy's like, oh, sir, I'm I'm wounded real bad. Oh, I think I'm dying. He's like, continue dying over. <laughs> Or he pulls out the knife. He's like, "Oh, only seven inches." Oh, like, or like, or just kind of like making a, a, a sexual innuendo with that one or whatever. It's just the action is this what sells it, and then like just how badass she is. Okay, you see, I'm like I'm with Frenchie. All I remember is the poster. I don't remember that much about this film, other than that. So I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch this or watch this movie in general because I don't remember actually seeing this movie. So. Uh, so, the action is, still lives up to this day. 
No, uh, boys, I do have to, to let you go. Uh, that being said, okay. I really, really sorry about that. Just it's it's no, I, I thought it was a relic like another 15. It's baby duty time for me. It's okay, man. <laughs> All right. But just if but not, I'm sleeping on a sofa. It's okay, man. Um, just let's just do this real quick. What was your number one? Uh, I was an event day. Okay, so okay, so. We talked about it. I understand, man. I'm glad that you were able to come on the show and everything. I do appreciate it. I'm always glad to have you on. All right. So before I go, uh, if you haven't done it already, subscribe to Schmoes of the North. We have the audio side, which is the Frenchie Talks About and the Frenchie Watches. We also have, if you know what the Schmodown is, we covered that. Schmodown 9 Canada and Northern Consultations where we go deep dive into the sport and we have interviews with the participants. So again, thank you very much and bonsoir. Bye-bye. Nice to meet you, Charlie. Nice to meet you, Frenchie. Bye-bye. See ya. (laughs) But yeah, uh, so my number one is actually going to be a Richard Gere movie, which is also a movie that also stars Edward Norton and has Primal Fear. Okay. Did you see that one or no? No, I don't think so. Okay, this movie is so good. It has a plot twist at the end of it. You're not expecting the plot twist. I'm not going to spoil it for you or anything like that. But basically, you have Edward Norton who kills a priest because the priest does some really shady stuff during that time. Don't forget, we're also talking about 1996 here when we actually have priests that were actually coming out and saying that they've done Mm -hmm. certain things to kids and things like that. I'm not going to go into yeah. detail with it because we already know what no. those are. <laughs> but he winds up doing that to Edward Norton and everything and stuff like that. And you don't realize that's actually what's going on. He gets arrested. We don't know why he's getting arrested or anything in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. So, basically he's pretty much nuts at that point where Richard Gere is trying to investigate everything. It's just this very good suspense movie. It has a, if you actually think about it, it has a very uh, Fight Club-ish type of thing to it as well. Okay. Because of the plot twist, because of certain things that actually happened at the very end of it. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into detail because I want you to be surprised if you actually check this movie out. Okay. But it just goes to show you the level of acting Edward Norton can do whenever he has the right script in front of him. Yeah. And also, too, like I said, Richard Gere's trying to investigate, trying to be his lawyer that's supposed to be representing him. And as he goes deeper and deeper into the investigation, he finds out finding out a bunch of shady things that the Catholic priest is actually that he did to him and the motivation why he actually killed the priest. But that's all I'm going to say. I think you're going to wind up liking this movie and things like that. But that's my number one because here's the thing. I love suspense and everything. I wanted to go on ahead and do Primal Fear as a suspense movie rather than just saying, oh, Independence. You know what I'm saying? No no disrespect towards anyone that has, number. uh, you know, Independence Day as their number one. I just like to be a little bit different than other people. We're like, okay, i never seen this movie. I want to check this movie out. Or the fact that, okay – Twister's number one, for example. That's go figure. <laughs> you know, everybody's like, okay, of, of course, no, that's going to be his number one. I just like to go a yeah. little bit outside the box, a little bit. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, that's why I chose Longest yeah. Night because it's one of those right. Joe Blow videos that talked about the uh, like, um, like really like uh, like like underrated movies that no one talks about, and Longest Night is definitely one of them. It's just, 
I just anytime I think like when I found that that came out, I'm like, okay, that's got to be number one because I anytime right. it's on TV, I'm watching it, and that was the one of the ones my dad showed me. It was like on like TV, and I was watching. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. All right, and like I like I said, I'm gonna have to go back and watch that movie. I've seen. I think I only seen like one scene out of it, and that's because it was on Jay Leno's show at the time when I was promoting it. That. So I have after to that, it. it's got a lot of great. The action's fantastic in it. I mean, okay. Gina Davis is a badass. As and she's the assassin, like she, like, like she, she can give John Wick a run for for his money. Okay. I, I that's right, me, yeah. my person. Yeah. Okay. I appreciate that. Thank you for the recommendation. All right, guys. So that's going to conclude the movies that came out in 1996. This is actually our top 10 list of the movies that we love. Next week sometime, we're actually going to be doing the uh, the worst movies of 1996 and everything. And we're also going to mention our honorable mentions for the best movies. And then also probably with the wor- – I don't know if we're going to do one with the worst movies or not for 1996. No, I'm but just we'll, we'll just I just honorable mentions in general. Okay. I only did five. Right. Yeah. Okay. And tomorrow night at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, I'm going to have my friend Quentin Bennett here tomorrow. We're going to do like a Star Wars what if kind of episode. Like we're making up our own fictional things that we would actually like to see in Star Wars if a certain thing might have not have happened with some of the characters and stuff like that. So we thought it would be a very fun thing just to do some speculation pieces and things like that on what we would have liked to actually see within the Star Wars realm. So go on ahead and check that out. Of course, go on ahead and check out Schmoes of the North. They're, he has a great podcast and everything. Amika and I have been on his show twice, and it's a fantastic show. He goes deep into different th- different topics, like topics that you never even thought of. So go on ahead and check him out. Check out Larry Lisa's Cinema Gold podcast. He actually did a Wonder Woman non-spoiler review the other day that reviews up on his channel of course i did one yesterday another thing too guys we also have a place that you can actually donate towards the channel itself if you guys want to donate if you guys can't i totally understand but how do you do that i'm glad you asked you just go on ahead go to the link below and everything and you just donate towards us with the gofundme page another thing too is independent actress rossi mccree donated uh, $30 towards us last week. I just want to say this to her. Thank you so much for donating towards us. We do appreciate that, Rossi. And keep on doing what you're doing with your acting abilities and everything, too. And she's going to be on the show again coming up next month. And we're going to be doing our training day review. So stay tuned for that whenever I actually get that set. Uh, of course, you guys can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Movie Lovers to Be Lovers Unite on Instagram, and then, of course, Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter, John DeGorio 8 on Twitter. You can find this podcast on all wherever you get your um, podcasts from. Always until next time, guys. It's been fun. It's been a blast. Do me a favor, too. Smash that share button. um, Just a sec. So make sure you guys check up our Twitter. We're going to be putting up a poll shortly with four more dates of other like potential things for you to see what movies you want us to focus for like that. We're not going to give you the dates. We want you to find out for yourself, but go to Twitter and vote on the poll and tell, like vote, let us know what years you want us to do next for this year. Okay. review. And do me a favor too. go on ahead, shoot me over what years you actually have. So that way I can actually get them to vote on them and everything too. Okay. Another thing too, guys go on ahead, smash that share button, smash that like button. 
share us with everybody. Let us let everybody know about Movie Lovers Unite. And always until next time, guys, it's been great. It's been a blast. And bye-bye. See ya.